CFL Podcast. Welcome back, season two, episode six. Today we're talking. Fix that. Today we're talking programming. We're going to kind of continue the conversation going. Um, some of you guys have been trying the Squat Forever program and the Press Forever program, which is awesome. Glad to hear that everybody's uh, utilizing that. Um, remember, too, there was a slight typo that I made in the squat one where I, I forgot to include the squats are done twice a week. Just so you guys know, squats are done twice a week. So if you're doing that program, you're squatting two times a week with at least one day in between uh, squat days. Okay, so with that being said, I thought it'd be cool to let you guys in on the process that I use for programming at the gym. Um, we're going to go just big picture right now and just keep it super simple. But if you guys are into this kind of talk and you want to hear more about the movements or anything like that, um, you can just uh, comment below and let me know. And I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or go cover anything in more detail if you guys really want to nerd out about it. For those of you guys watching this on YouTube, I'm going to throw up some uh, stuff in the screen here so you'll see what I'm looking at on my computer, which is just a little bit of data from Wad Together. Uh, just as a little side note with the Wad Together stuff, the way that the program categorizes the movements or the way that I write the workouts sometimes is a little uh, iffy. So as you see it on the screen, if you're wondering why um, some of them are different, if you're really looking into it that much, it's because I program some of the movements as one category and the system programs the movement as a different category. So <clears throat> anyways, just as a little side note, uh, which most of you guys will probably not really care about that anyways. All right, <laughs> back on track. So how do I program for the gym is basically starting with our normal schedule of three days on, one day of active recovery, or as you guys like to call it, the cardio day. And then two days on, and then one day full rest, which we have our open gym and uh, mobility class at um, 9 a.m. on Sundays. So let me grab my notes here. So the first thing that we're kind of looking at is just the bigger picture of our three days that are on. And we're going to break all movements into just uh, three major categories to keep it simple. We're going to have weightlifting, which is everything basically with an external object. So dumbbells, kettlebell swings. Um, including your back squats, front squats, everything with the barbell, snatch, clean and jerk, all that is considered weightlifting. Gymnastics is our second category, and that's basically anything that um, is moved with your body weight and just done with your body. So pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, uh, box jumps, different things like that. Um, the monostructure is what we'd consider cardio stuff. So this is our running, biking, rowing, double unders. Uh, the burpee is kind of one of those in-between movements because it's considered gymnastics in the program here at Wad Together. But when I program, I consider that monostructure. So that goes back to the original talk. So now you guys kind of understand what I mean by the way it's uh, categorized in the system versus how I do it on paper. Um, and then we also have our strength days, our heavy days. You guys have noticed those coming in where when we do the movement, if it's back squat, let's say, you know, working to a three rep max, the whole emphasis on the class is getting you guys warmed up to back squat, giving you guys plenty of time to build up, giving you guys plenty of time to rest in between the sets. And then we normally follow it up with a quick little cardio sweat sesh just to leave you feeling good and sweaty and out of breath. But those uh, heavy days are programmed like that for a reason, and those would just be considered um, a weightlifting day as well. So the first thing I do is I look back at the month uh, prior. So in this case, it's going to be October that we're using as our example. And I'm just looking at first uh, just the mix and match between 
gymnastics and weightlifting, monostructural and gymnastics, gymnastics, monostructural weightlifting. Like how many of those uh, combinations did I use throughout the month? And then what does that pattern um, look like? So we don't ever want to create any too much consistency in the way we use it. Um, we want to have a nice balance between everything. And at the same time, we don't want to fall into any patterns that repeat for too long of a time because routine is the enemy. So as I uh, look at the first couple months here, you guys can see the mix. Um, they put them in color coordinate, coordinated. So the red is monostructural, that blue is gymnastics, and then that grayish tile there is weightlifting. Um, and you guys could just see looking at it that the one pattern that glares out is Thursday, obviously because that's our active recovery day. So it's always a singular uh, movement, which is some sort of monostructural. Sometimes we throw some ab work in there too, but that doesn't uh, categorize it on here. Um, and then if you look, there's just a mixed match of it. We do a couple of uh, ones that are all done as all three of them, um, gymnastics and weightlifting, monostructural and gymnastics. There's a whole different mix of them on here. So we just start by looking at that. If there is a pattern that we start to see develop is the next month, that's our job is to break those patterns. So we just look back at that month. We're saying, okay, where's our consistencies? Where's our inconsistencies? Like where uh, can we balance it out a little bit better? What have we kind of fallen into maybe just some sort of pattern with? And this happens sometimes subconsciously. You're just kind of writing it out. And if you're not tracking it and then looking back, it's real easy to fall into a pattern. So that's the first thing I'm doing. I'm looking back. And then um, also too, we're pulling some other data from this. So we want to know the average time length of our workout, uh, which we sit right about that 12 to 14 minute uh, average time given month to month, which is right about the max output of like what we consider high intensity. Um, and then also to how many average strength days do we have? So did we get enough strength in there? Did we press enough times? Did we snatch? Did we back squat? How is that balanced versus the rest of it? Um, also the number of movements used. So inside this program as well, it categorizes every single movement and then how many times we use that movement throughout the month. So we'll kind of scan that list. And if I've done my job right, they're pretty much balanced all the way um, through as well. So we'll try to bring that up for you guys as well uh, here. And um, you could see that as well. So I just looked down that side column and I'm just kind of looking at, you know, how many times did we do push-ups versus handstand push-ups versus, you know, back squats, front squats. And if there's anything that sticks out that we do too many of, I make sure to leave that out going into the months forward, right? And then we find the ones that we did few of and we try to raise those numbers up a little bit. Um, also to the workout type, is it a couplet, which means back to back? So is it snatch and then bar facing burpees like we saw in the first? That's a couplet, first uh, open workout. Um, or is it a triplet? Are there three movements involved in it, right? Or is it a chipper? Is it four movements or more? Or is it just a singular movement where it's just you in a wall ball, perhaps like in Karen, where it's just not the whole workout's 150 wall balls for time. That'd be considered a singular uh, movement. Um, workout. So you look back at those as well and you want to make sure that it's balanced. Now we want to skew a little bit towards couplets and triplets because as we know those ones produce the most uh, devastating or potent results which is how basically all the um, you know famous benchmark girl workouts are named like Fran, Diane, all these are uh, usually couplets, Elizabeth, those workouts. Also too we're looking at workout time type. So is it task uh, you know, is it task done, meaning 
do we have five rounds for time and you have to complete a certain amount of tasks within a given amount of time or is it AMRAP where we try to do as many rounds as possible so that's a time priority we're trying to see how much we could collect in a certain amount of time so once we have all that data once we have all the averages from the month and we can kind of look at that we're doing that same thing we did with our category movement where we're just trying to break those patterns and make sure we have a nice even balance as much as possible from all the way uh, across that month and then where we find we have inconsistencies like i said we just work towards the next month to adjust them if that month looks pretty good and it's balanced then we just continue where we left off and we keep rolling forward having done this uh, as long as i have you, you know you pretty much are always looking at the big picture little picture you're not worried too much about one workout being you know good or maybe didn't fit the bill or anything you you really want to build consistency over a long period of time so <clears throat> obviously we've done workouts that have gone really well and we've done workouts that maybe weren't uh, the best didn't really go the way exactly as i had planned so either way you just adjust from that but the bigger thing is you just keep looking at multiple months over time and make sure that overall everything is balanced then when we zoom into our week, so now that we have our data, we know where we need to start with. By this time, I've compiled somewhat a list of movements. These are the ones that we didn't really do a lot of in the next month. And we're going to say, okay, we're going to try to add in pistols this month. Um, we didn't do a lot of overhead squats last month, so we're going to make sure we get our overhead squats in, whatever that number uh, may be. So we have our bank list of movements that we want to get to in the month, and then we'll have a small bank list of movements that maybe we want to uh, uh, stay away from a little bit because we had a little bit too many of them in the last month. So once you have that together, it starts to fit together like a puzzle a little bit. So looking into the week, here's a couple things that I'm considering as I'm actually putting together the workouts. Um, I'm always watching for fatigue level. So if we do something that is real squat heavy, you know, has a bunch of squats in it or something, obviously Tuesday and Wednesday, those next coming days, you kind of want to watch how much volume you're putting on the legs. If you want to set up people for success on a heavy day on Wednesday, you don't want to always torch their legs on Monday or Tuesday and then have them come in, right? Just kind of common sense there. So fatigue level. I'm also looking for repeat movements during the week. As you guys know, I try not to repeat, you know, like we have toes to bar on Monday. We usually don't see it for the rest of the week. I try not to repeat some of those movements um, throughout the week just to kind of keep it interesting, keep it fun. Uh, I also worry about hand care. So I watch the difference with like toe to bar versus like rope climb versus like pull-ups on the bar. Like did I give enough time for the hands to rest um is there a high pull-up volume which are your hands going to tear uh that type of stuff so i'm always kind of looking at um that as well or taking that into consideration as i'm building out the week most likely you'll row run and bike twice throughout the week um, i usually try to fit them into the workout at some point and then you'll always get a dose of it on thursday which usually comes the second day so that just is what it is but usually we get two of those in with a week until i find some space for like a bunch of ski ergs then we'll add ski to that list, but that's a ways off. Okay, um, I also consider jumping. So I watch the amount of box jumps versus uh, kind of running versus double unders, that high impact exercise. I'm watching how much of that is in there.
days in a row. I just don't want to make sure that we load up, you know, jumping, jump rope, then running by that fourth day, which ends up being that Thursday, which there might be some running in there again. You don't want to overload people's calves. You don't want to overstress the uh, ankle and knee joints if we don't have to. So I'm always kind of watching that bounding or jumping, if you will. Um, And then gross movement pattern. Um, A lot of the movements share a same gross movement pattern. If you consider like toe to bar, kettlebell swings, and a deadlift all have that same gross movement pattern. So you're kind of watching um, that as well from a higher view to make sure, okay, is there enough spread of the movement? And that also goes in line with kind of watching fatigue level. Those two go hand in hand um, a little bit, but you always want to watch the gross movement pattern. Because sometimes those movements that you don't really consider uh, a hinge or something like that sneak up on you and you don't want to overload them too many days in a row. I'm also uh, paying attention to unilateral movement, meaning one leg or one arm moving at a time. We see this in lunges. We see this in dumbbell work often where we're pressing one or the other. Uh, We sneak them up in warm-ups a lot. Um, Lately, we've been doing some, you know, overhead stability stuff in our warm-ups or uh, single arm carries and then the warm-ups and stuff like that. And that's just to add that unilateral stuff because we all know one side's good, one side's bad. We tend to favor one and we want to try to work that balance out as much as possible. So if there's a little bit put into the programming, if there's a little bit put into the warm-ups, we end up kind of doing it a lot and uh, those uh, imbalances tend to correct themselves if we're focused on it and also do if we're recovering at home. But uh, those balances seem to correct themselves over time um, when you're doing the unilateral exercises or at least it gives us a crystal ball into the future and if we know if we can't perform a step up on one side of our uh, body because something's not firing, then we need to take action to correct that before that later leads into injury. So that's why the unilateral movement is important. Um, So with all those things into consideration, I start to lay out the week. And basically what it looks like is I got like a bunch of these around, but these are just old workouts where I just start to lay them down on paper. I'll start to write a bunch out of them. Sometimes, uh, if you guys see me in there on Thursdays, I'm like scribbling on the back of a whiteboard. So I get creative or some ideas come to mind. I just kind of lay them out. And then I go back to what we collected in that month's uh, prior data, right? And then we look at it and we say, okay, do these workouts that I scribbled up here that whatever just kind of came to my head, do these kind of fit the bill here? Or can we move some of the movements around to uh, make it fit? And um, then you just keep continuing to layer on top of that. So then each week you're looking back as well because we don't want to hold that same pattern week to week. So you do a micro view of what we talked about in that month view. So you do your whole month view. We go down to that um, micro view of the week and then it starts to give us uh, that data so we can start to lay out day day by day. And then once I produce all the workouts and lay them out of how I kind of want to do it, just, just shell them out um, depending on what workouts we're doing or what our list is that we're building in, then I start to move them around and then go, okay, I want to keep this workout, this workout fits, this workout fits. And then I want to move the correct order around uh, with all those things in consideration. Like we talked about fatigue level, hand care, repeating movements, watching how much jumping there is, stuff like that. Um, And once we have all those uh, down and laid out, then that's it. Then it kind of starts to ride itself. It helps give you the path to like, okay, what is the next week going to look at? I know some of you guys follow this actually quite diligently and will kind of joke and will be like, are we going to do this or this soon? And you kind of notice that we haven't had it in a little bit or something like that. And then sure enough, it comes up that 
um, following week. And that's pretty much how it is. You could track this uh, through the website if you wanted to. You could also track it through Wad together if you wanted to and kind of see uh, the different stuff as well. Um, I'm always good for a, a nice programming discussion. That's one of the things that I really enjoy about it is writing these workouts and um, and uh, being able to fit them in. And I've been doing it for a long time. So I have like a bunch of these as you could imagine. And then I also have, I forget what year it was, maybe 2017 where I actually printed all of it out. So I took everything off the book week to week and then I put it into a Word document and then I took a physical copy of the month and then laid it out and then I had the month with all the weeks stacked behind it and then did it for a 12-month period. as like a full physical like years worth of programming um, that I have, which is kind of funny. I don't do it that meticulous anymore. It's all saved like in the computer on the server on the website or something like that or in one million notebooks that I write around. Um, so I hope that gives you guys kind of a brief view of what it looks like to build into the programming or what I do that goes into it. Um, and hopefully this sparks some questions. We could go in more uh, in depth about anything that you guys would want to talk about, about how we build it up or anything. The last two things that I'll leave us on here is uh, the last two things that I consider, which is kind of funny. I have the number crazy. So what I meant by that is like if you ever look at the way the workouts are done, some sort of mathematically they have to make sense. If they're kind of just randomized numbers thrown in there, it, it drives me nuts for some reason. So uh, most likely if you guys look at my number schemes, you'll be able to find find the pattern in there. So as you guys look at the workouts now, if you uh, happen to listen to this, look at the number patterns and if it's a tricky one or if there's some multiplication one and you find it, uh, let me know. It's always fun that people are watching. Also too, I try to keep them creative. So you guys will see, we'll do a little work to rest stuff. I try to mix them in certain ways that are fun. I try to build the workouts to always just keep them creative because um, at the end of the day, we are still cycling through, although a lot of movements, it's still the same, you know, gather of them. So try to keep it creative as far as like how we combine how we, what combination we put them in and how we kind of fit them together and um, how we play with the reps and the numbers and everything like that, which makes it fun and keeps it interesting for me, the one writing it, even after all these years. So, all right. Uh, if you guys have any questions about it, please let me know. If you've listened to this all the way through, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys reach out with your comments and questions. And we'll catch you next time on the podcast. All right.